Talking CRM with Jeff and David, getting the best value for the whole organization from your integrated CRM and accounting systems. David Beard, CRM Principal, and Jeff Richards, Head of Training Program Development for Sage CRM, spend time chatting with customers, resellers, and others about Sage CRM in action around the globe. In this episode, Chuck outlines the business model of their company, how they started on their CRM journey, and the culture changes that investing in CRM has delivered to the company, its staff, and its future. Well, hello, welcome along, everybody. This is another episode in Talking CRM. Speaking again today with another customer, which is terrific, and I'd like to welcome along Charles Kaczynski, or as he's just told me to say, call him Chuck. So hi, Chuck, thank you for coming along. Welcome to the soiree. Thank you, David. Appreciate the invite and the opportunity to spend some time here, uh, obviously talking CRM. Excellent. Excellent. I, I do like the way you got that in there. Nice work. So Chuck is an executive vice president at a customer of ours called Keystone Precision Solutions. They've been with us for over 10 years now, around about 33 users, I think, for the last when I checked my records. Chuck, tell us about Keystone Precision Solutions. First of all, what do you do and where are you based and all that sort of thing? Yeah, so thank you, David. Um, so we are based in the Northeast area of the United States. So we cover down from Maine to about Virginia and um, we're a survey solutions provider. So we work with the survey survey industry, the engineering industry and the construction industry. And what we do is uh, bring a, um, we try to identify and help our customers solve precision measurement solutions. And uh, we are a Trimble premier dealer, and we also have other solutions that we sell as well that help our customers uh, go out into their market and identify ways that they can use our equipment, hardware, software, um, services as well. So they leverage our product portfolio um, as a as a distributor. Uh, that's our that is our main calling. Um, we also focus on services and support, rentals and training. So everything that encompasses helping our our industry. And you know, we're kind of unique that we're focused here in the Northeast. Uh, we have over 55 million people, 180,000 square miles that covers 13 states. <laughs> so we have a lot of sales force that are out there um, connecting with our survey industry, our construction industry, and our our engineering industry every day. So let's be a little more precise for people who either don't understand Trimble or want some more detail. What sort of product lines do you carry? Who do you look after and what do you provide for them? Yeah, so we are focused on providing a measurement solution. So if you've ever driven down a street or highway, you may have noticed a box that is sitting on a tripod. So a yellow tripod in some form of a yellow box. That is a measurement tool that aggregates the measurement in the field, whether it's on a bridge, a road, a field. Um, we sell that hardware and software that allows our surveyors to, to gather the data that they need to take it back to the office to build a file that allows them to make critical decisions on slope, where to put roads, and how to understand the geospatial reference of where they are. Trimble, um, kind of like if you were out in the market to buy a car, there's always a Mercedes dealer, a BMW, then there's the Hondas, the Kias. Trimble's one of the Mercedes dealers of the industry, so they are one of the best in geospatial equipment. Um, and we are one of their premier partners of licensed to sell Trimble equipment here in the Northeast. 
So let's talk about your usage of Sage CRM. And what I'd like to do is think about when you first started with us. So as I said, I think it's around 2011, although do correct me if I'm wrong. What got you started on thinking about, well, I think we need CRM for Keystone? It was something that was, you know, so that predates me, but I have a little bit of background in mm -hmm. understanding that, um, you know, I think the, the, the background is really focused on, it was something that we saw in our industry. And it was something that I think that we as a growing company at that point needed to adjust to have the capability of having a product that could scale and grow with us. And I think something that had the customizable approach where we could focus on the resellers who could help us kind of build the product that we would want and where that could go. And I think looking for a robust platform was important because uh, in the industry we're in, um, the growth can happen fast and the scalability uh, needs to be able to deploy. And I think that this type of product was one that we felt comfortable that would be, that would allow us to grow at the pace that we could grow and still um, have critical efficiencies and the adaptability to scale when we did need to. Um, and we also thought it was a market right product for us, meaning we also know other Trimble-like dealers that were also utilizing this product. So we had some good feedback when we were doing our due diligence and trying to understand um, who is who is using it, why are they using it, and is it a product that works for them, and could this product work for us? Uh, and, it, and it's a strong industry name, so I think that you know that's also something that has a lot of brand awareness for us as well. Yeah, I'm interested to know that you did the research amongst your competitors and colleagues. That that's good stuff too. Mm -hmm. So you're in the business of making sure that these high precision products are available and are sold. You sell, you rent, you also service the equipment, as I understand it. What what was the first stepping stone for CRM for you? What was it that made you start putting a product in? And what was it designed to do in the early days? Do you know? Yeah, I mean, early on, I think it was just that we wanted to create. So it's kind of an evolution, not so much a revolution in that um, we wanted to have a way to aggregate the activity of what our sales members were doing across their variable territories. Um, the immediate thing was a hub, a spot, a place where we could we could gather information, talk about that information, and then be able to dispatch the right help support um, additional sales, um, understanding if we're getting to critical mass in that territory, if if we aren't. So initially, it was really just to create an organiza um, organizational hub for our sales activity. And that was the initial goal. And I think was to get, um, and Anthony would probably know, is to get that critical buy-in, right? So if it became a sales forecasting tool, we knew that we were very early in that stage of making that a dependable one, that mm -hmm. the correlation coefficient was probably very low and not trustworthy, and that that would take years. So trying to build the, the energy around um, having a hub for all of our critical sales activities, I think was key. And that's a, often where people do start. It's this idea of getting a single source of the truth that you can all rely on and everyone knows that that's where you get your data from. Was there any, when you first started on that journey, were there any sort of measurements you were keen on getting a return on investment story on? Was it that people would spend less time 
carrying their own spreadsheets or paper around? Was it that you had Salesforce forecasting done in an hour instead of six? Did you have any metrics like that? Yeah, I think early on it was just um, so, you know, to start at the end and then go backward, you know, we, we are now an organization that is a data driven organization and that's taken an, an evolution to get there. And I think if you were to walk us back and, and I was to walk you back and tell you where this started, I think some of the ROIs or at least the internal indicators for us, some of those KPIs that are really important to making sure that things are working is, you know, what's that, what is that dollar amount of pipeline that we want to see somebody generating per month, per quarter, per year? And when you look at the investment we make in each individual from salary, uh, commission, from giving them um, assets like a car, a credit card, um, the ability to travel, um, also giving them computer, you start starting getting down to, well, in order for someone to reach profitability as a salesperson within this organization, if we were to extract out two, three, four, five, six quarters for every new salesperson, what should that pipeline look like? And what is a healthy pipeline for an active salesman in our territory? And each territory looks different. If it's more urban, if it's more rural, if it's more, um, if it's a larger area, but it's not a heavily populated area, you know, what type of, um, so we really focused on trying to figure out what's that pipeline, how many activities generate a opportunity, how many opportunities generate a quote how many quotes can we close in a month how many quotes can we close in a quarter so we really use the early parts to figure out what does success look like for a salesperson how can we use crm to be a tool that allows us to understand and actually have the data to say well I think if you're making 10 specific contacts a week that generate three opportunities that generate one quote per week you are on a path to meet what we believe are healthy metrics for you to meet your sales goal in that area. So that was that was the early stages of it was how can we use data to help us feel good about the people we're bringing into the organization and how can we comfortably measure them on a yearly basis so that we know they're on the right path and if they're not on the right path, how can we help adjust them back to the right path so that Convergence and divergence, right? So, you know, you, you definitely want to make sure that you're using the data to, to help somebody converge on the right path of success versus just allowing them to consistently diverge away from that path. So that was the goal in the early years. And that was difficult, trying to get the buy-in, trying to get the consistency and trying to get the quality of, of input rather than just the quantity of in, the input too. Yeah, cultural buy-in. I think, Chuck, is always a, a thread that comes through most of these stories. I like the way you describe there, though, the idea that the company needed to have a, a solid or better base of data to build on. But it also helps people understand, are they on their own right path here? So it's both, for want of a better and possibly a basic phrase, you've got both carrot and stick type drivers here, yeah? Yeah, and I think that, you know, um, our CEO and president, George Allport Jr. would probably say, you know, we are a quirky family oriented bunch. You know, there's a lot of people that um, we support each other, right? And we got each other's back. And I think from an executive level, you know, one of the things that I think we think is also critical is that we ask our sales team to do a lot. Um, they spend more time away from their family and they probably spend more time with us as a company and our, our customers. Mm -hmm. 
So I think it's imperative from the executive level that, you know, we have the right tools in place so that our directors can measure the effort and quantify the results. But from an executive level, we need to be thinking years down the road and what type of company are we trying to build and do we have the numbers working in our favor today to build out? And so, you know, I think everyone is getting cultural buy-in to the CRM because they know that on the other side of it, we're not using the numbers to manage where they are every day. We're using the numbers to build a better company tomorrow. Right. And I think that yes. helps with the cultural buy-in that they know that there are people on this team focused on tomorrow if they can just keep their energy and efforts focused on today. Great. Nice, nice phrasing there. I think that works really well. And I hope people do understand that approach. In the next episode, Chuck tells us about the lessons he learned from talking to other companies about their CRM usage, how they've used the tool to move away from emotional decision making, and how their partner continues to help them to evolve their system usage despite the few changes in the path they've chosen over 11 years of Sage CRM usage. You've been listening to Talking CRM with Jeff and David. Getting the best for the whole organization from your integrated CRM and accounting systems. 